0: Oh boy, oh boy, what is Chris what has Chris gotten himself into now? Ready? No, I'm scared. Ready? Go. When we sin, we sin real good. Oh my god. When we sin, we sin for sure. We work at the devil's whorehouse. We know carnality in the human pit of love. <laughs> I mean, does it not like, I mean, come on, get it?
1: I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. You're
0: gonna kill, I knew it, I knew it.
1: I told they you. They played that, they played that <laughs> one of the very first Dancing um, Doyle shows. They haven't played it since, but he did it like one of wow. the very first shows.
0: Holy crap. I did not know that. That makes mm-hmm. me, I wish I had known that when I talked to Jerry. I would have asked him about that. Damn.
1: They've only that played it happens. once.
0: You know what? You want funny story about that song. That was my quote for my high school yearbook, was when I sin, I sin real good. And you know what they put that and a TSOL song, See You Tomorrow. Uh, sure. we, reap, we reap the seeds of what we create, something like that from See You Tomorrow. And so I open up the yearbook to take a look at my photo and look at my superlatives next to it. Like, you know, with the quotes. Mm-hmm. Everybody it. And what do you think was next to it? What? Fucking Nothing. They didn't put the uh, fucking quotes in. They see? didn't put devil's whorehouse by the misfits in. Uh, see, they... I wonder why. It's bullshit, man. It's school, dude. Dude, makes me upset. What's going on, Dan?
1: See, that's why you have me around to remind you of how the world <laughs> really works. No. Because you don't think. I do. Plenty. That's why I bust your balls. If I hey, If I didn't care, I wouldn't bust your balls. I'd be like look at this fucker. Go for it.
0: Well, you might I'm just really glad I got I got Spidey. We got Spidey in the house as well. We just need to get a soundboard and we'll be perfect. You know, with like sound effects like
1: you know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I need one of those. That'd be fun. What's up, I Mr. Red? From, I'm, gonna hit up, I'm gonna hit up Bruce. Do it. A toddy. <laughs>
0: Do it. Okay, welcome everybody to tonight's episode of Sinful Celluloid. We're back again. We had a great night last night and sort of had this impromptu talk jam where we just, you know, one by, it happens every once in a blue moon. And when it does, I, I really enjoy it. We just have a, we, we have a great time. And now we're back doing the Sinful Celluloid Show. And it this week was Chris's pick. We, we alternate every week. I pick a topic, Chris picks a topic. Chris's topic, he wanted to do, horror movie soundtrack so that's what we're doing and um do you want chris do you want to take this or do you want me to open open things up here
1: i can do um go ahead basically as far as horror soundtracks are concerned for me honestly and i know i go back a lot but normally i don't go to the 80s because i think that the 80s were mostly bad um but for horror soundtracks not scores and I want to make that differentiation. We're not fucking scorers. Big difference. Um, but music soundtracks, rock soundtracks, however you want to put it. Um, dude, 80s. You know, you, Trick or Treat. Obviously was fucking huge. Um, Texas Chainsaw 2. The King of All, of course, is the Return of the Dead soundtrack. Which holds value oh, because most of those about songs that. were never put anywhere else. We're going to um, talk about that one. Oh, you know, well, of course. Um and then, I mean, it just kept going on. You know, Scream had your serviceable, ob- obligatory soundtrack. But then after it was a big hit, you got to Scream 2 with the fucking the new album with Creed at this. And that is just like, and of course, everything that came after that or along those lines, I know what you did last summer. Everything was about playing the new hot bands on the soundtrack.
0: Two funny things about that. One, funny you bring up, I know what you did last summer, because who has a song On, I think it's the second one. I still know what she did last summer. But Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was also a singer and was putting out music. And, of course, that when she was doing the sequel, they agreed probably in the contract, you have to use one of Jennifer's songs. And, of course, she gets, you know, a licensing or publishing fee for that. So, you know, it's a little extra bump. And the other thing that, you know, Chris brings up a very valid point. Um, that's what would happen if a movie or a soundtrack was really popular. This is such a, this is so invocative of the 90s and how great the 90s were. If a, if a soundtrack was hot, they would put out a
1: second soundtrack with more songs. That's what they would do. You know who has, you know who has a three volume soundtrack? Stop. Three. Stop. They did three? Who? Hackers.
0: That is biz- that Hackers. is bizarre.
1: Hackers was a moderate hit if even that. Yeah. Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee
0: Merrill, Miller. Volume
1: soundtrack.
0: And Matthew Willard.
1: Wow. They threw 3 volumes of that shit on.
0: Cuz when it was selling, they wanted to keep it going. And how do you keep it I think going?
1: That's- I think the first one was music from the motion picture soundtrack. And then after that, it was music from and inspired by the motion picture.
0: Oh, my God. That, that is really two, bizarre.
1: Here's some shit. <laughs> I have the other two. Wow. They're terrible.
0: That's crazy. That well, you if those. you like
1: techno and shit, I guess they're cool. But for me, uh, no. So but here's I have the, them.
0: <laughs> So here's the thing. Here's what's interesting, actually the soundtrack and i'm sure that i'm probably so here's the thing you have two things that are kind of running in the 70s and even before that like the notion of a soundtrack that's not a score and that's not like a music film like the beatles hard days night or help is going to be relegated to just musicals right you have the rocky horror picture show yeah you have fan for the paradise Right. You have these 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 musicals that come out and the songs are so catchy that they take on a life of of their own. And that's the thing about music. You know, in general, all music enhances what, you know, movies are, are 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 an amalgamation of all these different elements coming together and creating something cohesive and whole that's different from all its individual parts. And the soundtrack is vital to that. That the soundtrack adds all sorts of stuff whether it's a you know cross promotion for you know a band or if it's a drop, you know a a drop in cue or something like whatever it is, you know if it's enhancing in some way shape or form, you know in the case of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's the lifeblood of the film. The film is being driven by the songs it's
1: better than the film
0: it, the soundtrack is it's a masterpiece. And then you have stuff like then you have you have you have stuff like um, like zombie aka Dawn of the Dead. you have goblin, a, a progressive they the prog rock from Italy who are just, you know, doing these instrumental soundtracks that are super catchy and funky. and here's the thing. That would function technically as a score, but because it's like a prog rock band, it's it's more than just a score. Like it. I saw it,
1: them. I saw them with Danzig in Psycho Vegas. What two years ago?
0: Goblin played with Danzig.
1: Well, it was it was Psycho Vegas. They played on the bill, and me that and is Josh were out there. That's when I looked at Josh Brennan, knew his shit. Wow! Just like boom from this movie, fucking yeah, boom from that movie. Like look at him right. going, "Wow! All right, you can you can play."
0: It's Yo, key. that song from Phenomena, that that Goblin track from Phenomena, the heavy. I don't even know what it's. It's just they they don't have tie. I mean they have, they don't have lyrics. They're just these these songs. And then what has started to happen in the eighties, you started to see with the rise of the music video, particularly. I think it really – Chris, I I think it really begins with the rise of the music video because now all of a sudden the music video comes along and suddenly radio sort of like metamorphosizes into a new dimension. You have a picture to go with – the, the track. Once again, to reference the Beatles, the Beatles were the first to do this in the 60s. They didn't want a tour. They, they made promotion. They were called promotional films. They did it for Paperback Rider and Rain. And they sent those clips around because they were just so... This was 66. They're so burnt out. They're like, just yep. here, just film us and send it around. And then you have Queen doing Bohemian Rhapsody and yada, yada, yada. But when MTV rolls around, all of a sudden you have bands are are putting out these 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 muse these video components and then all of a sudden those are becoming their own sort of artistic statements in and of themselves and then somebody gets this brilliant idea we can cross promote movies by putting bands on the soundtrack and putting clips from the film in the music video
1: yeah oh somebody just brought up the *Lesson zero soundtrack so Really quick, before I forget this, because we talked about it at dinner out of fucking nowhere, right? So, serendipitous as it is. Yeah. That track was a scratch track. Wait, what? That that track was made as a scratch track. It was supposed to have a female vocalist record the song. They couldn't find anybody.
0: Oh, you know what? I knew this. They
1: said that they couldn't find anybody to sing it. And so they just, you know, touched up that track and released it as it was, you know, the Power and Fury Orchestra, Glenn Dancing. But it was a, supposed this. To, just a scratch track, and a female vocalist was supposed to sing that. Right. What I think that really was... happened is they were they, they were never looking for a female vocalist. I think no. that's just what they told him.
0: I think no, I think they were looking for a female vocalist. I've actually heard this before and and Rocky. Right, and no, he
1: was going to exploit that. He was going to exploit the hell helmet. I knowing how the business works so well. Yeah, no, I think that was the, always the plan. We'll tell him this, and then at the last second, we'll say, you know.
0: Well, what is interesting is John, who was who was on my show, who used to hang out with uh, John and John Christ and Chuck Biscuits. He heard a different version of, of you and me. And he said it started off like really powerful and big. There's like a there's like an alternate vocal or something as well, which is interesting. Um, really? Yeah. And he just said it starts off. You are me like it doesn't start off like like soft or anything. Hello? OK, so I thought that was kind of cool. And he heard that he got to hear that in their apartment in New Jersey. This is before they moved to L.A. But. To go back to the '80s, you have all of a sudden. What's um, fill me in? Uh, Dream Warriors. Who's who's on Dream Warriors? Dockin. Dockin. Right. You got Dockin doing doing Dream Warriors. As you said, Trick or Treat. There was a whole. There was one band for Trick or Treat, right?
1: Yep. Bassley.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 So you have that going on. You even have okay for anybody who doesn't isn't familiar with this name john michael thor who at one time almost became the singer for the 95 misfits or was at least courted to be the really? singer yes john michael thor also known as thor he put out a film called rock and roll nightmare that mm-hmm. he does the soundtrack mm-hmm. to one of the best worst films ever made um that's funny yeah ballad brings up a good point carpenter ballad so is Carp-
1: filled with good points hey, yes ballad.
0: But well, here's the thing though that would qualify as soundtrack. But Carpenter has kind of turned himself into a rock star, just like performing his soundtrack yeah, well, stuff.
1: Well, what he's always wanted to do, so he's living a dream now. Yeah. Hey, Amy, Paul.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of people here. Hello, Amy. Mm-hmm. Hello. Um. Also, yes, Ramones at the end of both Pet Cemetery films. Yeah. You are starting yep. to have, you know, the the Ramones because that's what's happening too. Uh, he brings up a great point. The yes, story is. Point the ramones who stephen king was a big fan of they stop by his house in bangor maine when they're on tour they're hanging okay. out you know this story chris this is a great I know. story I know. so so he has a copy of pet cemetery just lying around and dd being the genius that he was because Dee was a savant right like you know, one minute he could be like a wackadoo, crazy, incoherent, babbling mess, and then the next minute he's composing a song. He takes the paperback version of, of of Pet Cemetery, he goes away for forty minutes or something, flipping through the book. He comes back and he goes, "Hey guys, I just wrote this song. It's called Pet Cemetery." He wrote the song in forty minutes. Pet That's Cemetery. Intense.
1: That's intense,
0: and it's one of their. It's such a great song, and that song was then put in the end credits of Pet Cemetery. and then they used Poison Heart for Pet Cemetery too, which is another D.D. Um, song.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which was the big, you know, MTV one. That has a great fucking soundtrack.
0: Ooh, who's on that soundtrack?
1: Um, really, the the best people on there are people you never heard of, like Therapy and stuff like that. But it's still, I don't they're, Therapy they're Pepper Harry. Right, Deborah Harry. You no, know, but Therapy was—I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. Um, one from them. Um, I'd have to i have to think about.
0: I have—I have, have a whole list of that. soundtracks here. I, I do. But before we even get to that, so basically, what's happening in the '80s is they're going, okay, we can basically cut in clips of the film. Sometimes before the film even comes out, we're putting out a yep. music video with clips from the music video. Look at. This is not horror per se. This is Prince and the Batman soundtrack, which was oh my God. just like just ginormous. And those music videos, you have yeah. Party Man. You have Party yeah. Man is just a, absolutely. It's like a it's like a whole thing. You have Thriller, which doesn't isn't a soundtrack per se, but lends the notion that a, that a, that a music video can be a theatrical production. Experience. Yeah, right, right with vincent price no absolutely (laughs) so it's weird it's kind of evolving right and then what happens is you know we're sort of charting before we talk about individual soundtracks then here's what happens sadly this is the sad reality what it 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 builds and it builds and then it becomes the biggest booming business in the 90s all of a sudden you have Soundtracks that are becoming, as we were just talking about, with hackers and stuff, that become so popular or become hits in and of themselves, like renowned soundtracks. You have yeah, this is this is another musical. You have the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack it was fucking. I mean, it's still huge. It's huge forever. Yeah. You know, you have. Uh, you just have all these different soundtracks, and then they're getting the sequel soundtrack, blah blah. Batman Forever soundtrack. Holy crap, that thing was ginormous! Yeah, ginormous. Seal. I mean, so- Seal, dude. Kissed by a Rose. C- Kiss from Rose. Love that song. And that's like, you know, that was the summer of nineteen ninety five. The soundtrack was Batman Forever. You know, so then what happens? And this is what ends up happening. As With the rise of the 2000s, the soundtrack starts to decline. You could almost say that Napster or whatever, you know, uh, that whole thing downloading might be the culprit because generally what would happen and this was this is very invocative of what was happening in the late 90s. And Chris, please chime in here. Tell me if I'm wrong on anything, because I'm just sort of going off the top of the dome. No.
1: I do when I think you are. No, okay. I think you're right on. So
0: it, what happens it is
1: everything, right? You, you've got it. You've got to make money off that soundtrack. If you're not making money, they're not paying for the bands. Okay. Yeah, but here's and what's not happening. Every studio. Ha- well, hold on. Not every studio was using bands that were under their own labels. You know what I mean? Right. They were you know, because it gotten so big. they were reaching out of like Warner Brothers wasn't just using Warner Brothers artists. They would reach outside of that because oh. Whatever, so and so's hot. We want to get them on this. So they were paying money and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't delivering anymore.
0: But there's one component that we're missing from the picture. Okay. because the soundtracks, not every soundtrack, you know, some of these soundtracks that have one or two songs that became the big hit or had the big music video, but people were buying the whole soundtrack, you know, and yes, you had mixtapes, but then what is the one thing that basically gave rise to things like iTunes and all these services. What was the big thing? The fact that you could download one song. Because yeah. CDs had it's gotten to a wanted. point. Right. And and the, you know, the record companies, they're selling they're selling CDs for eighteen ninety nine a pop sometimes. I mean the, the prices just got so outrageous at certain points and people began to sort of rebel or rebuke this this business model by saying fuck it we'll just go to the internet and download that one song that we want for free you know what i mean so they're sort of cherry picking what they want and what they did in the process is they destroyed crippled the soundtrack because now the suddenly the hit song on the soundtrack you're not buying the whole soundtrack as you said you're just going for that one song and so that just sort of Soundtracks had no importance in the 2000s. Like
1: nobody cared anymore. What is the most famous one? What is the most famous movie where they had a theme song? Everybody fucking loved this song, and honestly, it's their only good fucking song, and it is not on the soundtrack. Oh,
0: oh, oh! All right, give me, give me two hints. Give me two hints. I want to see if I can two, get this.
1: Two hints.
0: Yeah, give me it's, hints.
1: It's 2000. Teen, okay. Teen horror. That's it. 2000s teen horror and everything else you already got. The soundtrack, the song was huge. It's their only good fucking song. Nobody can talk about this band and wasn't on the soundtrack. You had to buy their shitty fucking CD, much like Chumba for that one <laughs> song. And then eventually, when you went to Penny Lane or Zia or fucking Amoeba, you'd look with your box of stuff to like trade in. And th- they always gave that one back to you. And they, you, you don't want this one even for free. And they turn behind them and go, "You see that shit? No, we don't need another one."
0: Right? Oh my god, so you're on. killing me. You're killing. Come on, come give on. me one, one more. Dawson's head.
1: Creek. That's it. Dawson's Creek.
0: Um, are you trying to say the faculty?
1: I'm gonna throw this bottle to the fucking computer at what? you. Da- no, not the faculty.
0: Uh, Dawson's Creek, who was what? The f- uh, Valentine, no, what? I Anybody should know this. I'm so there? embarrassed.
1: I'm so embarrassed. Be, god damn it. What is
0: it? I'm so well versed in this. Wait, what? Wait, 2000 teen slasher. 2000. 2000 is a little late though,
1: it could be like 99, 98. Well,
0: that's a, oh my god, that's a ginormous okay, difference. Late, let's, let's
1: go with the late 90s.
0: Dude, oh, now it's a frigging needle in the haystack. I mean, you said the no, year this, 2000.
1: This is very specific. You're going to kick yourself in the head. It might have been late 90s.
0: No, if I, I, I'm going to tell you Whoa, something. if it,
1: Amy, for the win.
0: Disturbing, what, flagpole Sita? Yeah. Paranoid? First of all, that's on my list right here. And second of all, it's, that yeah. did not come out in the year 2000. That came out uh, in 1998. Okay. Late, you are two years 90s, off.
1: Late 90s. Because well, the movie sucks and I don't even own it, I own okay, everything. The movie Amy is awesome.
0: The, yes, good credit to Amy. But you want to know something? Yes, I that's the one. No, you No, you want to know something. You gave me a two year difference, that is huge.
1: Uh, well, I huge. stand corrected, I was wrong. Look, you know what, yo, know who's in the house right now? Who the directors of Anarchy Parlor and Ray's? What's oh! up? Give me.
0: Go Hold ahead. On. I'll I'll Hold fill on. the dead air. Go That's ahead. Something. Do do your greeting. No, no. Do your greeting.
1: Go go. Oh hello. Oh, we have. What the fuck Hi. is up? Goodness, man.
0: What's up, gentlemen? <laughs> How are you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Before I've not this is seen it. Just getting some years. love. What are we drinking? It's just a really weak fucking whiskey. Oh shut <laughs> up! Like, weak whiskey. You guys don't drink weak whiskey. This I just got fucking four
0: hundred dollars shit. We we were just talking about the disturbing behavior soundtrack Mm. and how it came out in the year nineteen ninety eight instead of the year two thousand. Well, again, I
1: stand corrected. (laughs) This is which way do we have to go? This way, huh?
0: I don't know. You 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 figure it out.
1: This is Devin Downs.
0: Hi, Devin. It's very nice to meet you. My name is Jeff. Nice to meet you.
2: All right. We're 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 just taking over right now. How you doing, brother? What's happening? I'm out I'm there?
0: doing well, man. We're talking about soundtracks. Um, Chris was telling me a little bit about you guys. You know, my friend I think worked on Rays yeah. with you guys. Oh no, shit. Uh, do you know Ashton Galumbo? Yeah. Pri-
2: hey, Kenny. Do you know Ashton Golombo on Rays? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's my buddy. So Kenny actually wrote and produced Rays. Wow. How you doing? Okay. Okay. How are you okay? Okay, okay. How you doing? Posters in the background. Of it. Right,
0: right. Yeah, no, I uh Ashton, I knew that Ashton worked on that film. I forgot what he did, but he did something on that film.
2: Yeah, no, Ashton was awesome. I um, mean, um shit, that that was so long ago.
0: <laughs> but Right, um, that was a while ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was he, he was he was
0: working with us on I think it was uh on the line producing team. Right. Right. And he's, he's all up in that. He just goes from show to show to show to show to show. show,
2: show. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great, amazing guy. Um, in, in workhorse. I mean, he, he, he was, he was awesome.
0: He's. I, I
2: love to work with him again.
0: Really nice guy. Really, really yeah, nice guy. Um, what are you guys working to, on right not now? Not to
2: uh, hijack your podcast, but I no, please. Say that the soundtrack, from a director's standpoint, is like one of the most important things that we work on and think about. And uh, you know, I was telling Simple, I wanted to talk about Anarchy Parlor a little bit. So this was back in please. 2014. We shot that movie in Lithuania. And uh, we had an amazing composer, uh, Adriana Crickle, on that one. And one of the really cool things about it is when we mm. were in Lithuania, we got artists who were in Lithuania to be on the soundtrack. So we actually nice. wanted to capture the the spirit and the feel of what they were talking about. And we had these guys, they were kind of like, you know, the Rage Against the Machine of Lithuania at the time, like super political heavies uh, called Pushes. And they actually, Hmm. if you watch the movie, they're the intro credits of the movie. The kids are at this club and pushes is playing a concert, you know, and we actually were able to incorporate their music into the movie. Then a bunch of Lithuanian DJs as well. So we really tried to paint a soundscape of our location, if that makes sense. And it was important for us to use local artists. And then of course we used, uh, la composer you know kind of with with that kind of synth dance feel like super kind of ethereal underground club vibe to kind of really round it out you know what i mean but it was it was a big part of the movie was the soundtrack and really catching not only the horror vibe but the party vibe and also just like if you're in lithuania and you walk into a club this is what you're hearing this is Like, the real shit that's on the radio. Right, it's authentic.
1: Yeah. Right,
2: right. It's not, because it's not America. You're not going to hear Creed. Right, right. It's not, (laughs) you know. So, everything in that movie was, Mm. if you were a tourist there, this is what you would be experiencing. This would be the vibe you were getting. So, we were really going for that in that particular movie. But just in general, in all of our movies, obviously, the soundtrack is is something we think about even when we're writing of course. a particular scene thinking about you know what music you're using in the background and i think you know a lot of people don't necessarily think about that and sometimes you know you can't get the rights to a song or this Well talk or that. about
0: the scratch talk about when you're in post and you put something in and people say i you know this is very dangerous too because sometimes you'll put in a scratch song you know what, what does that mean people it means that yep. it's like a temporary placeholder but it yep. fits the scene so perfectly and then you and can't you get, get the rights attached for it to it, it and yeah. you get attached to it it happens right. all the
2: time i mean honestly like 90% of the stuff you do in a scratch track you like we have versions of our films every single one of them with other alt songs in them that we put in that we couldn't get the rights to for one reason or another. So and then frustrating. At a certain point, too, you stop going for, like, big songs because you learn right. really early on. You're never going to get that, you know right. what I mean? So don't put a Rolling Stones song in. Don't unless put you have the budget,
0: unless you know right. you have a music budget. You know
2: Exactly, unless you you know, you know got a Netflix deal and they're willing to clear it or whatever. Right. But, you know, it, it, it does suck because there's so much great stuff from, like, Say if you're doing a period piece and you want stuff from the 70s, all that shit costs a ton of money now, you know what I mean? So then you get into the business of remaking and kind of redoing and either covering or sound alikes yep. and it's never it never comes off.
0: That happened a lot in the 90s. Scratch,
2: yeah, the scratch comes off, you know what I mean. So that happened, you it, know, that happened twice
0: with uh Don't Fear the Reaper. You had don't Fear the Reaper on the Scream soundtrack and on the Frightener soundtrack. And I always, you know, I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting that they both used covers of Don't Fear the Reaper. And it only made me think that Blue Oyster Cult must charge a pretty penny for the original. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because, you know, the
2: trippy thing about film and music licensing. Is you have to pay a sync fee, right? And it's one of the only things where music still makes a lot of money on licensing, right? Right. And so they're paying the sync on the original yeah. recording, but if you do a remake, it's like exponentially less expensive. So right. We've actually gone through that before. We've had covers of songs in some of our movies because, for that exact reason, the real song is a hundred grand a license. I can get a guy to remake it. And pay a publishing fee of like a grand or something. You know what I mean? It, it, right. There's the publishing fee. You go to the
0: different. you go to the publisher. And usually, I mean, depending on the situation, in some situations oh, but, yeah. you need to get the artist direct permission. In other situations, you can talk directly to the publisher and they deal with all that. And you just say, I want this song, here's the money. And they go, Yeah, sure, we we got you covered. And they you sign you have the yeah, yeah, you have the master sync well, license works, or the, that, something like that. Right. right. It's like yeah. The free of
2: Hitler, that's it. Like that's it. But when that, you're dealing with you know like say Warner music, music or something, they're and mm-hmm. you're talking about say, uh, you know, yeah. Eagles or something from the '70s, right? It's like, yeah, you're not getting that song, you know? It just, right. It's not going to happen for you unless you have the budget for it. So,
0: right. I think a lot
2: of times editors will paint you into a corner. With the scratch, if you're not, you know, and you're like, it only hits that beat. It's happened to me, man.
0: Yeah. I had, we had a, I had a TSOL song in my thing. I knew I wasn't going to get the, wasn't going to be able to get it. And I turned to the composer guy. I said, I need you to remake this song with the exact same feel and just sort of, Capture the energy of this track, and he actually did a really good job of sort of it was invocative. It it gave me the same feeling. You know, that's what it was about. It wasn't even necessarily like the needle drop or anything. It was like, I want to feel this way from whatever music that you make the same way that this song makes me feel. And it's nothing about the lyrics. It's about how the song, the music makes you feel and works in the scene in the moment.
2: That's it. And the edit too, a lot of times to the rhythm, to the beat, it's like you have to time up your your sound alike has to be in the same time signature it has to you know it has to be firing in the same way because the edit is cut to the music sometimes right Right. on the the scratch otherwise then you gotta recut it to whatever the new song is and that could change your cut completely could change the vibe of the
0: sure sure so,
2: but let me turn it back to Sinful. It's a pleasure. Talking hey,
0: very to you. nice to talk to you. Thanks for dropping Hopefully that knowledge.
2: We'll, uh, we'll have a drink in the near future.
1: Cheers, come man. To, Cheers.
2: Cheers. Oh, love.
1: one day. One day I shout. Yeah. All right? This is so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, nice. my God.
0: Pate, <laughs> well, that was some. Yeah, that was a lot of very interesting information for the. Because David's was an interesting fucking guy. Yeah, dude, for real. I'm really glad to 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 chat and speak uh, and have him drop in and say say all that cool stuff. We were talking about, you know, co- covering a song because the song might cost too much and just all that stuff and you know, <laughs> but, you know. What's amazing is the soundtrack really just takes over the '90s. In the '90s, it becomes the, it almost in some cases eclipses the movies that it belongs to, you know, in in yeah, certain right. aspects. Um, and then it dies in the 2000s, and now we don't even think about it. If anything, you're going to get a single track that is going to be released on YouTube and cut in the classic, you know, movie you know movie sort of template I, I mean at the height of this excess and i'm not even talking about guns and roses november rain or something like in terms of like spending millions of dollars you have the beavis and butthead do america soundtrack you've got yeah. the red hot chili peppers being animated into a music video for love roller coaster which it was a cover yeah, and yeah. A roller coaster of love or is it love roller coaster one of the something like that roller great coaster cover of love, right yeah great cover too
1: Wild um, 0. Yep.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, oh yeah, Wild 0 with Guitar Wolf, who I interviewed and I had him. I said I had Guitar Wolf himself. I said you got to say it for me. And he did. He went hey, Rock
1: and roll!
0: Jet to generation!" It's great. um but but so then so then let's talk about well first of all let's go well first let's talk about return of living dead because this is one of the most you know i see it getting brought up in the comments let's talk about this this is absolutely one of my favorite soundtracks of all time because we've talked about how much we love return of living dead and the funniest part about the return of living dead soundtrack is it doesn't even have the return of living dead theme per uh, uh the trioxin theme which was com- not
1: a song
0: yeah but it should still be it's, on the soundtrack they it's score it it's by a guy named francis uh bane i think it's I like it. synth
1: i mean i'm sure you do uh,
0: of course i do and you know shout out to joe and mr monster you know mr monster right the band yeah
1: the band you familiar no, with fuck them yeah so, yeah, sorry, Mr. Monster,
0: they have a song called Tina and Freddie. And yeah, I
1: know it. I know it. Yeah,
0: and so that takes, that borrows. They they work the some of the hooks from that trioxin theme into the song. It's really brilliant, actually. I think it's one of their finest songs. And it's, you know, it just really, it's just a really great theme. That theme to me... When you talk about music that invokes a sense of, like, fear or foreboding or, like, setting the tone of what you are going to witness, when I was young, when I was, like, 10 years old, and I heard the trioxin theme, I shit my pants. That's a piece of music that makes me shit my pants. I find it – it's a terrifying, terrifying, terrifying piece of music for me, personally.
1: No, I hear it. Um,
0: But the band – yeah, the bands you have – you have the cramps doing surf and dead you have the second iteration of tsol doing nothing for you this is after jack grisham has left the band you have joe Wood hair, has taken over the
1: hair band yeah, well they're
0: slow they're still kind of gothic they're slowly transforming into the hair band yes they're starting to yeah, so do shows with the um they're doing shows with guns and roses and hitting the strip and yada 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 um you have R- Rorke Erickson doing "Burn the Flames," which is perfect. It's either
1: now okay. So you say it like that because I've heard many different versions of how to say it. Rocky Erex- erection is another version of how to say it.
0: Wait, how to say sure. his name?
1: Rocky Erickson. Uh huh.
0: Really? I always thought yeah. it was Rorke Erickson.
1: Well, I don't know. I've never said that, like said that out loud. I don't think I said it out loud. Some people say it the <laughs> other way. I mean, you know.
0: Um. But just yeah. throwing that out
1: there.
0: No, no, no. It, but and, and to th- that song is a great example of, you know, um the notion of a piece of music to enhance a scene where it's called Burn the Flames and he, the dude is about to jump in a cremation oven. You know? It's
1: just whew. No, I know. Oh my God. So ballad with with the dancing on the Crow Salvation soundtrack. That's right. Crow Salvation soundtrack is good. It's good Fucking movie, fuck everybody who doesn't like it. We just don't talk about Wicked Prayer. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no. Yeah, but that
0: no. director did Six String Samurai, which I love. But it's funny that he also did Crow Wicked Prayer. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! The director of Six String Samurai did which one?
0: Crow Wicked Prayer is directed by
1: the guy who did Wow, Lance
0: mungia mungia that's him. No, that's I know the him. guy.
1: I didn't realize that he. Wow, because yeah. I like six string samurai. I love
0: six string samurai.
1: salvation is some fucking.
0: No, not bullshit. salvation. Wicked prayer. It
1: has some interesting ideas and some interesting visuals, but one, dude, what I can't do his fucking name right now because Eddie, Eddie Furlong. Thank you. Needs to fucking shouldn't have been there. It's ridiculous. Tara Reed. <laughs> I like Tara <laughs> Reed. I I'm. You know, I mean, I don't like her anymore because she went downhill. But at the time, I was still like a big Terri fan. David Boreanaz needs to fucking stop. He shouldn't have been in it either because he's not a good fucking actor.
0: It's hilarious that he, man, I Mm. forgot about him. Yeah, he was like the leader of the cult.
1: Little, little, um, two little side stories. Yeah. One, David Boreanaz. I was on set of Buffy. Yeah. When Buffy basically, they were fucking this is the reason why Doyle was off the show.
0: Doyle was off Buffy, the show.
1: Remember Doyle at the beginning of Angel?
0: Bro, I never watched I never watched oh, Buffy. But there was
1: a character named Doyle, and his powers ended up with Cordelia because he was written out of the show. Okay. Well, Buffy and Angel were fucking for reals. Sarah gets a bug up her ass because she's a cunt. She tells David's wife... And oh, the they were, ha- they were having an and affair. And she sleeps with Doyle. And she tells him, payback. I was there when the fucking blow-up happened. And it was he goes or I go, or I'm going to kill him. Was she Doyle with- ran out of the show after nine episodes. And then, of course, eventually he commits suicide. That was Wha- fucking Sarah's doing.
0: Wait a minute. It's Sarah Michelle Geller, she's married to Freddie Prince Jr., right? Was yep. this before or after?
1: I don't fucking know. I don't think so. I don't think, I she's think they're still away.
0: they're still together.
1: They're still together because he's a pussy. Um, yeah. So this is before they got married. You want to know something? Years Freddie years Pritz first, Jr. First season of Angel.
0: Let me tell uh, you something. Freddie Pritz Jr. Before before what's his face was cast. Toby Maguire. Freddie Pritz Jr. Fucking Spider Man, bro. Would have been a fucking amazing, amazing Peter Parker.
1: I have trouble seeing that, but it's just me because I'm I telling like, you I with
0: glasses. Just,
1: I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm going to have to think about that one. He would have done I carry. He... I carry a lot of baggage from him because of his dad. Remember, I'm old enough to have watched his dad on Chico and the Man. So when he came out, I was just like, this kid's a fucking fool. So no, I have, I, I'm have. i going to have to work on that in my head.
0: I'm telling um, you. On story. paper, it works. On paper, other it works. Other
1: story. Um, yeah. The, this is a Prince story because we were talking about the whole Batman thing. It's just fucking funny. Because everybody thinks Batman. Prince is crazy, right? Yeah. Just you knowing like, ah. well, <laughs> he calls he's his not, security. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. Before you tell your story, I, I just want to clarify something. I don't know if Prince is crazy. I heard Kevin Smith actually kind of break this down, and I think, he's, I think he's right. This is what he said. He says, if you were a guy who literally made magic happen, like Prince made the impossible happen. He became this, like, incredibly successful, you know, guy – you know, super powerful, has a recording set up in every room of his house, including the toilet like he, of course, he thinks, he, of course, if like he asks a question, like, why not? Like, if you tell him, Prince, we can't do that. Prince would just go. Why not? Why not? I mean, like, I'm Prince, like I've done the fucking impossible. Like, of course, we can do this
1: now. Like So I, I any, don't it, think that he's crazy. He's, no, he is. He is a little crazy, but but people think he's crazy. Yeah. But no, I agree with you absolutely because when you've pulled off, you know, all this shit, it's just like, what did he say? It's three o'clock in the morning and it's snowing in Minneapolis. I want right. a camel or whatever. Right, like right, right, right. That.
0: That's what I mean. That's, I, that, yeah, I that was from story. that same story. And it's yeah. like, And you just kind of go like, oh, Prince, you're being a diva. It's like, no, he's just like, that's just Prince who's just like, it's three o'clock in the morning and I need a camel and (laughs) I fucking made party man. So fuck you. Like,
1: (laughs) oh my God. So check this out. This, this will make you laugh. Okay. And ballot, I'm with you on that. Just marinate on him for a bit. Um, Okay. So this story was told the other night at dinner and it's fucking great. So. Prince calls his security at three o'clock in the morning. It says there's people in my walls talking. Everybody's got off the fucking deep. They're just like, fuck, he's, he's, he's gone. He's right. fucking gone. I was, I was, they get up. Everybody gets up, get, you know, heads on over there in the middle of the fucking night. Right. Prince is standing there in a silk robe. There's people talking to the walls in that room. They fucking go in there. They hear people talking. They hear voices, right? (laughs) Yeah. There was a super fan who broke into the compound and was in the wall. Fucking
0: Prince, Bible,
1: Fucking 24-7 reading it. He knows. Trying to save his soul. Prince knows, man. (laughs) And what does he say? Here's the fucking punchline. He what? looks at them after they get her out and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah. And they're looking at him. He's standing there in the robe, right? Of yeah. night. I told you all motherfuckers there was somebody in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and walks away.
0: By the way, for anybody who wants a good print, you know what my gateway into Prince was? Super side tangent, super, super quick. Just one song. I want to wax poetic on this. There, this was my gateway. My my oh. gateway into Prince was a song. I heard it at a party at my neighbor's house. It's called When You Were Mine. And I believe it's on Sexy Dancing, his third album. And I oh, got to wow. tell you, you it, deep. bro, let me tell you, this song hit me so hard. I didn't know who it was. It was just on shuffle. All of a sudden, when you were mine, it comes on, and I'm going, who the fuck is that? And I turn, and my neighbor's just like, that's Prince. I'm like, yo! Wow. So, But here's the thing. The song is structurally Undershow. you would imagine the fucking beatles or like just someone it's so poppy and catchy so i went back and i listened to that whole fucking album sexy dancing top to fucking bottom and then i just started diving into i started listening to you know prince was the guy who wrote nothing compares to you yeah. or yeah. o'connor
1: and manic monday
0: and his yeah and his his version is really really good <laughs>
1: He's a fucking. I mean, you oh remember that famous God. quote from Eric Clapton? Yes. No. What's the, I hate Eric. Clapton. Somebody asked Eric it? Clapton because it's yeah. Eric Clapton, right? Yeah. What's it like to be the greatest guitar player in the in the world? Yeah. Know what did he say? What did he say? I don't know. Why don't you ask Prince?
0: You want to know something? Can I? I hear I'm going to say this about Eric Clapton right now. Eric Clapton's been around for what like seventy-five eight, almost eighty years. He's put out a million albums. He's written lyrics uh-huh. and he said he's said a many, many things in the press. And you want to know something? That is the single smartest, most interesting thing he has ever said in his entire eighty year life. What Chris just said. Everybody
1: knew, including him. <laughs> Prince was that fucking good. Prince Damn was like straight. Prince was like the only other two people I will ever compare to Prince, they're not even on his level. But as far as you know, modern artists that don't get the credit that they deserve, Prince, John Five, okay, incredible guitarist, does not get does not get what he deserves. And Slash, Slash can play any fucking instrument. He sits down to play within a couple hours if he's never played it before. He's that fucking good. Because he's intensive, he's like, I will do this. Done.
0: You know what? Collaboration I w- wish we got, and we never got it, and it's so sad to me. Imagine a Prince David Bowie collabo that, that would be would, that would have been good. Those two minds, like, you'd imagine that Prince would be the producer. And that they would just in the same way that he did a song with Mick Jagger, in the same way that he worked with Queen, in the same way that he worked with Elton John, in the same way that he worked with John Lennon, David Bowie and Prince would have just made some fucking magic together because in a weird kind of way, you know, Prince is almost like he's almost like the black David Bowie a little bit if you want to make like if you try to draw a comparison of which you really can't he's all like they're almost like kind of yeah. parallel to each other you know what I mean and I f- would just love to see what they would do in a studio together
1: it would have been interesting no I think that's that's a really interesting idea shame, um, a shame oh my god shame What? A, somebody pulled up something here that I want to touch on yeah. Okay, M M R R E D. How do Mr. I Mr.
0: Red. That? Mr. Red.
1: Okay, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck your mom. All. all right. Mr. Hey, Red said Hey, Mur- 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 <laughs> he, he said something earlier, but um he's been dropping these little pearls. Um, which are all fucking good. Um, it's Devil's Rejects was a great fucking soundtrack. Because again, you know, I mean, we're gonna have to do a Rob Zombie episode because Rob get Rob Zombie gets way too much fucking hate that he doesn't deserve. Not that everything he does is awesome, because it's not. But I
0: have to rewatch. Listen, I'm down for that, but I have not seen most of his films in a long time, and I can. I really want to rewatch Halloween one and two.
1: I watched Let's... Halloween two the other night before I passed out.
0: I um, when I swear when I when I rich. revisit those. Let's let's do it. I'll throw down on that.
1: Yeah, that'll be a good. That'll be a good. I one. would
0: throw down on that.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, sure. We. I mean, Richard, Living Dead, Idle Hands. That was a good one. a, I
0: love a lot of. A, everybody really was throwing down and, and mentioning stuff. How about this? The Bruiser soundtrack. has oh, wow. The '95 Misfits yeah. four More songs. Four songs: Descending Angel, Scream. Fiend without a face and Bruiser. Now here's descending what descending
1: some... angel is a fucking throwback '80s. That entire riff is it's, fucking
0: it's metal, dude. Early it's 80s, all like metal.
1: Flock of seagulls. Listen to sen- Oh listen my to god! the solo from descending angel again. That's a complete fucking riff on flock, flock of seagulls. Yeah. I want to hear a pull it directly from Flock of Seagulls.
0: I want to hear a Flock of Seagulls synth cover of Descending Angel. That's what I want. Give it to me now. Make it happen. But here's what's interesting: in the '90s, at the height of this, we just talked all about this with soundtracks. At the night, what is what is Jerry only chasing in the '90s? He's just after it. He's so hungry for this. He thinks the key, and he's not far off. He thinks the key is let me get on a soundtrack I just need to get if we can get a song on a soundtrack we will it will be huge we'll blow up we're gonna get that soundtrack money yeah so he starts writing songs in hopes of getting on a soundtrack he writes Mars Attacks for Tim Burton's Mars Attacks he writes Scream for the movie Scream of course it gets passed over he writes Lost in Space well not he they they write Lost in Space for the lost in space remake uh from 1998 then they finally after all of these failed i think uh what you call it uh for planet of the apes too forbidden zone was for the planet of the apes film the tim burton planet of the apes really? film. okay yes and what happened was uh they finally got on with bruiser the l- most wow, obscure God. george romero yeah. film
1: yeah. Well, thank you very much. You, Ballad,
0: Ballad says the the 95 Misfits were also in the animal room. That's true. I mean, that's what they got a taste for that. They were also in the uh Insane Clown Posse film as well. You know, they just sort of like they just sort of appeared. They started to appear in lots of movies, and they're just chasing. Chasing, that, that's chasing. Money, yep. They played. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? It is ballad. They played. Uh, by the way, ballad's name is Adam.
1: Yes, well, it I mean, is. we can call
0: him ballad. But his name I'm is so Adam. used to ballad. Yeah, we'll just call him ballad. Um, I, I actually prefer ballad as well. Um, but yeah, that Christ the Conqueror riff is the Abominable Dr. Fives. Right. They're also in Campfire Stories. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They're also in that anthology, which also has David Johansson in it. You know? So it's like, so Jerry only is trying to get on that. So you have the Bruiser soundtrack. Well, that's a pretty interesting one. Let's see what else I got here.
1: Bruiser was a pretty good film.
0: I, I love Bruiser, and it really bums me out that not it. more people talk about it. You have the Hunger soundtrack. I think Amy mentioned it earlier. The Hunger. Yeah, Bella Lugosi is Dead, written by Bauhaus. hmm Fun Time is in that. That's that from, was my
1: introduction to Bauhaus, actually.
0: I think it was a lot of people's introductions yeah. to Bauhaus. I think that really sort of broke it open. Um, you have, of course, a David Bowie song. It's written by David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Fun Time, performed by Iggy Pop. I believe that's on the LP The Idiot, which is Iggy Pop's first true solo album during the Bowie period in 1976 when they're living in Berlin and Bowie has sort of is sort of using Iggy as as an experimental guinea pig for certain batches of songs. They're just collaborating. Iggy's writing lyrics. Bowie's doing the music. Bowie is playing piano in the band. Uh, so you have okay. that on the soundtrack right there. Um, Lost Boys. I know Ballad brought that up before. We got so many things, but I think the thing that people know the best are is the Cry Little Sister theme from The sure. Lost Boys. That's that's like the motif. But then you have I Still Believe, which is performed by uh Tim Capello, who's having this serious resurgence. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, that's the muscular oily um Man with the chains around know. his neck and the sack, come know, on, understand. Joel Schumacher, bro. I mean, I obviously. know,
1: I get it. what did you say? I get it. It's like how you watch Jeepers Creepers 2 and you're like, why are all these guys shirtless taking a piss together on top of the bus? Oh my god, I watched and that movie like,
0: once, all right, and I was I like, I don't think Jeepers Creepers is that great. I don't know why it gets all Jeepers the
1: Creepers, hype. I love Jeepers Creepers 2. It was okay again. I've seen a, a lot worse. Jeepers Creepers 3 is a piece of fucking garbage. <laughs> I didn't even and bother I would seeing it. never yet. watch it again.
0: Um, Ballad actually brought, brought up one more point here. I want to make about the what Jerry does he only got? thing,
1: Christy. Ge- no, the up. Jerry only dirty. thing,
0: the Jerry only thing about Land of the Dead, where. What? because that once again jerry only after getting after working with george romero he was trying to get a a song on the soundtrack for land of the dead and so he came up with two twilight of the dead and land of the dead which were both both songs that during the 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 jerry only for the for the kids uh iteration of (laughs) this for the kids
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um, I remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the kids, you know. Oh
1: my God! Um, We're trying to be a positive thing for the kids.
0: Yeah, that's why. That's why I call it. That's why I call it for the kids. Everything with Jerry is for the kids, and I love him for it. I love what he says. That Ooh, he in every funny. interview you see with Jerry only, and you know we, you know when we do our deep dives, we we do a Jerry only thing called Jerry's Kids, and he always mentions you know, and you can imagine him smacking his gum because he always chewing gum in interviews.
1: Yeah, 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 it's for the kids. It's for the kids, you know. I could tell you stories.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet you could. Another time, another time, not today, um, not today. Not today. <laughs> but you also have on Lost Boys, you have People Are Strange is the closing yeah. that I, I think yeah. that introduced a lot of people to the doors, you know. You think, um. Yes. Okay. Just to touch back on this, Rue brings up, I, you know, I was going to do a whole video on this because uh, I found this great New York Times article about it. Prince played While My Guitar Gently Weeps, the solo during George Harrison's induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's a whole story behind it that I'm not going to get into because it's another long Prince side tangent. We don't need to do it right now. But I'll just say in a very quick nutshell, one of Jeff Lynn's Uh, lackeys, the guy from ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, he was supposed to do the solo and you know, and everybody's just kind of like like feeling really awkward because they're like yo, Prince should do the solo or whatever but for whatever reason this guy is doing the solo and and he always steps out and sort of tries to step on Prince's toes. So Prince plays it really cool and then when it's time to do the solo, the dude steps out to do the solo and Prince steals it from him. Oof. and then proceeds to solo. I don't know. Have you seen this video, Chris? Uh-uh. All right. Go look up the video of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of George Harrison in 2004. Prince is fucking doing the most incredible soloing, and then what happens is he's so into the solo that as he's soloing, he sort of leans back, and he almost falls off the stage. People run out to push, push, push him back onto the stage, and then at the very end... He throws his guitar up in the air and it never comes down. What? Yes. I just had to touch on that story because it's le- it's legendary.
1: Have to For it the kids.
0: For the what
1: kids. <laughs> Jody just asked if we prefer The Shining or The Exorcist. Are you talking about the score, Jody, or the film? Yeah. Before I answer. Yes. Yes,
0: Um. See, so yeah, people are strange. Yep. I still believe, and he's having, as I said, Tim Capello, he's having a real resurgence.
1: It makes me sad, Jeff. Yeah. What me does?
0: Sad. What does?
1: Seeing Tim doing signings at shows.
0: Oh, so what? Let him have his is, fun in the it sun. It always
1: makes me sad to look at these people. Like, he is, however old he is, with chains around his neck. Bro, that's
0: how he eats.
1: I get it. I get it. It doesn't make it less sad, though. I get it. I saw fucking Jaws in a fucking wheelchair who could barely fucking move with a line across the fucking venue to take pictures with him. I get it. But it doesn't make it less depressing. Like Tim Curry.
0: Oh, that's okay. Well, that's really sad. And you know that if Jaws, bro, if he didn't, I'll tell you something if Tim Curry didn't need that money, he would never fucking do that. If he wasn't in the situation that he's in, it's so sad to me. It really breaks my heart. And that kills kills me. me. Kills me. Um, (laughs) Another hold on. There's one other song that I wanted to touch on that I just saw. Oh, Walk This Way. Walk this way with Run Lost DMC James. and Aerosmith is on the Lost Boys soundtrack
1: as well. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's not the. Is it the Aerosmith one? No, it's um, not. It's no, yes, it's different. It is. it is the Aerosmith one. There. No, I don't think yeah. so. I think
0: it's. Isn't yes, there a different is. version? It's,
1: it is not the Run DMC one. It's the Aerosmith original.
0: Okay, here's another soundtrack, the soundtrack that
1: was within the film.
0: Here's another soundtrack that was brought up in the comments that I had already had pulled up because I was trying to think of. Soundtracks are trying to come a little prepared for tonight's episode. And I pulled awesome. up the Ro- the Tromeo and Juliet soundtrack because. Yes,
1: I saw that earlier.
0: Because it has a super obscure song from my band Sublime uh, yeah. called Romeo. It's one of their earliest recorded songs. And it's on the soundtrack, obviously, for the title Romeo, uh, Tromeo and Juliet. And uh, I just thought it was so cool. It was so weird to think that you have the meat men are on there, you know, you get you always get they they call it I am a Romeo, but it's just Romeo. You even have um who else is on there? Oh no, I thought that said Wesley Willis. It's not Wesley I Willis I have to
1: pull it up, but I do own it
0: um right but now I'm yeah,
1: rocking the uh, the trick or treat fast way
0: right. There, okay, so here, I'm looking right now at the Disturbing Behavior soundtrack. I'm just trying to see. I thought okay. Flagpole Sita was on there. That song is so, like, when I think of the 90s, it's so, it so personifies the 90s. Like, it's, it's super surreal to me to think of a song like Flagpole Sita by Harvey Danger and think that that could be a mainstream number one hit. Like only in the nineties really? could something. Well, in the nineties, like that wouldn't happen today. It is on the soundtrack, by the way. You are wrong. Oh, I see it here. Okay. I also see That's another what, brick in the, the wall.
1: Album?
0: Well, you know what? Maybe no. I'm looking at the IMDb. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's not on. Yeah, no.
1: Nah, look on the album. Hmm. Before you, in call any case. Me wrong.
0: In any case, people did I'm buy really
1: wrong, sh- but if I am, I will admit to it.
0: People people oh, were shit. were buying the shit out of that album just for that one song. It's true.
1: Hold on, J- Jody just pulled out a fucking awesome one.
0: What? Where?
1: Wraith, the Wraith. Well, Charlie Sheen is the one you mean, correct, Jody?
0: Ah, uh, yes. Charlie Sheen. That's and- a weird movie
1: that's a, that is a great weird movie fucking movie
0: it's a we're the tone to talk
1: is about that because now we're through some shit to get that, to the screen.
0: it's true and the tone
1: and soundtrack.
0: the tone of the wraith is super weird it's like kind of like it's supposed I to be like a revenge i don't know it's kind of like a revenge film uh-huh. but not really
1: yeah, see, Jody knows what's up, dude. That movie is great, and that's why I love, dude. These people pull out some really cool shit. They do. Yeah, the fucking rave.
0: All right, ready for this? I'm
1: waiting for that, dude. Huh?
0: Okay, we got the faculty soundtrack, which was a great soundtrack. I think this is from 1998. Robert Rodriguez doing following yep. up from Dust Til Dawn with the Dimension Teen Horror Craze. And you have songs like Another Brick in the Wall, which gave, you know, obviously so apropos for something like The Faculty. My, you know, my opinion, the best song by The Offspring, Uh, The Kids Aren't All Right. Great fucking song. Truly. Um, You have Helpless by Degeneration, Creed covering I'm 18, the, the Alice Cooper song cheryl crow yeah. is on this soundtrack oasis stay young and another brick in the wall is by is covered by a band called class of 99.
1: yeah so yep. you have that
0: that's weird and now i i have the the crow soundtrack in front of me right now this was a big so good big soundtrack you got Rollins band is on here which and they're doing a cover of a suicide oh I shouldn't say that word on YouTube that will get us buried Um it's uh that band from the 70s <laughs> fuck that's so annoying that's not, like you literally will get pushed down in the algorithm if you say words like that it's so so unfair
1: suicide porn fuck. no
0: don't stop stop um Oh, it's a song called Ghost Rider.
1: Yeah, Ghost Rider. Um, Um, Violent Femmes. Everything's good at that soundtrack. We're almost everything anyway.
0: It really, really, truly. They just have so many groups. So many groups. You have Jesus and the Mary Chain. You have Rage Against the Machine is on there. You have The Cure. I mean.
1: I saw almost every band on that fucking soundtrack live. Helmets
0: pantera Mm -hmm. and you know henry rollins was in the crow for two seconds sorry was he really yeah dude he's in the crow where he's the guy driving a car that and gets out of the car and he's like what are you doing or whatever i'm not sure if it's that's not him that is him want to bet want to bet yeah go look it up go look it up right now what do you want to bet I'll bet you something. What do you I don't want to know. bet?
1: I'm going to look it up first. because she No, no, you can't up. do that. No, bet me.
0: Come on. Uh,
1: All right, I'll bet you. What are we betting?
0: Tell me. I don't know. You tell me. What are we betting? Think of a bet right now. Um, I'm so sure of it.
1: Five bucks.
0: All right, five bucks. Go ahead. Go look it up.
1: I'm looking it up now. <laughs> we'll probably say.
0: He is absolutely in the crow. I'm looking. See? All right. Well, he's doing that. I want to talk about a soundtrack. Yes, go
1: on. I'm I I to have in a few minutes.
0: That's fine. I want to talk about a soundtrack that really means a lot to me that I know Chris hates, but I fucking love the soundtrack so what much. What hate? You said you really hated the soundtrack or that you didn't like well, it. What is it? Um, it is the soundtrack. Oh my God, Jody, Jody, the soundtrack to Grease Two is far superior to the soundtrack of Grease One. I just want to say that. Just want to put that out there right now. No, <laughs> nope. What the I will. Are
1: you, talking you want about? to know something,
0: Chris? This is a hill what? that I am willing to die on. But go look it up about At Henry Greece, Rollins he right now.
1: Grease. You will die alone. No.
0: Grease 2 is a million times better than Grease. Hands what? fucking down. You're
1: fucking. Hands hot, fucking... Really? No, you're I'm fucking... not. I don't know what you're smoking. Bro, when pee. was the last time I you watched, watched Grease 2?
0: It's a better movie. It's better songs.
1: Okay, so not only is the soundtrack <laughs> better, but Grease 2 is a better movie.
0: 1 billion percent. We'll be joining
1: you next week with a new co host. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's,
0: it's, it's. It is absolutely 100% a superior song. But here's the soundtrack that I was talking about. Scream 2. I love. What are you playing?
1: What? What is that? This, Captain Clay in and Night feature from Rob Zombie's Halloween 2.
0: Go look up. Go Jesse look up. Dayton. Go look up who is in uh, that. Henry Rollins is in The Crow I'm, right I'm now. I'm
1: waiting for it to fucking come up. I'm in the studio, so Um, I don't have the best Wi-Fi here.
0: So, Scream 2 is a phenomenal soundtrack. It is loaded. You have another version of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. You have a Prince song that's performed by D'Angelo called She's Always in My Hair.
1: Thank you, Amy. Me too.
0: You have... You have... um, You have Everclear doing a song called The Swing. Dear Lover uh, by the Foo Fighters, which was, I didn't know this. It's produced by Gil Norton, who produced all of the Pixies albums. Of course, you have Scream by Master P. Suburban Life by the Cottonmouth Kings. (laughs) Cottonmouth Kings, oh my God. God. Um, And then this song I really love. I think it's one of the best songs on the soundtrack it's called She Said, and it's performed by Collective Soul. And it's a beautiful song. Really, truly a beautiful song. Hmm. Um, Definitely check out Collective Soul, She Said, off of the Scream 2 soundtrack. And then we get a really fun, cheeky cover of I Think I Love You by Less Than Jake, which I oh, love. Wow. I love it. It's really great. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is true. Beetlejuice has a pretty good soundtrack as well.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. I'm going to have to bounce on this because I'm not. All right. Um, um. So somebody, okay. we will find out whether or not who lost this, who who win this bet, or who lost.
0: Bro, this bet. I'm going to screenshot that shit and share it to you in WhatsApp in like two It seconds. better
1: not be from jeffscrowfax.com, okay? <laughs>
0: yeah. How did you know that I run a crow fan site? Called... How did you know about that? Oh my God. I'll have you know that jeffscrowfax.com is the number three what?
1: crow the fan site. The number three crow fan site there is. On the... on Foxilla only. On Foxilla the, 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 only. Does Devilman run it?
0: Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: Um, Shot's fired. Oh Shot's fired. This
0: episode has gone so off the rails, I can't even tell you.
1: Well, it's because I'm not fucking home and I'm in LA.
0: Chris I'm is being a cheeky tears. monkey tonight.
1: It's the fucking whiskey. This yeah. really it's whiskey in the jar. So I'm going to go drink more. Listen, here's what I'm going to um, do. Chris, yes.
0: Chris, you Chris, yes. you're with yes. you're with yes. go go be with your people. I'm going to I'm going to stay on here for just a little bit longer well, please, and then I'm peel please. out. Just for a little bit, and then I'm gonna then, peel out. Oh my
1: god, I love the Escape from L.A. soundtrack. Fucking, um, probably my favorite song off of that is um, "Professional Widow" from uh, Tori Amos before she started looking like a troll. I um,
0: like I like Escape from L.A. just as much, a, if not like more, than Escape from New York. I, okay, which I know
1: you see, we're gonna have to have a whole fucking episode where you don't talk. <laughs> it's just me in the chat to discuss no. your fucking problems. Now, Okay, and you can stay there in the fucking Escape from L.A. Grease 2 camp and think about what you've done wrong.
0: All right, look, let's <laughs> let's talk about this for a minute. Grease 2, why is Grease 2 so great? Hold on, B- before you leave, before you leave, you have to hear me out. I want you to hear me out right now, okay? Do I have it's the platform?
1: Since, it's two minutes or less, go.
0: All right, two minutes or less, ready? Here's why Grease 2 is so great. Go. Because, first of all, Michelle Pfeiffer is just absolutely beautiful and stunning in this film. That's yeah. number one. Number yeah. two, the songs are really, really fun. You have a song called about bowling called Let's Bowl.
1: I know the fucking... We're going to bowl
0: tonight. Yeah, yeah. We're going to bowl. That great song. Um, basically, the plot is a, a, a masked vigilante played by this geeky dude. Yeah, that's right. Johnny, it, what's his name? No, his name's not Johnny. What the fuck is his name? Maxwell Caulfield. What is his name? Rex Manning, what's his it's, name in the yeah, movie? Yeah,
1: Maxwell Caulfield. Yeah, but what's right.
0: his name? What's the guy's name? I forget, the cousin. Oh, I don't fucking know, it It's sucks. Sandy's cousin, man. In any case, he essentially becomes kind of like a masked vigilante that takes on Craterface and his goons and, and WoW's Netflix Michelle... F- no, it's great, dude. It's great. You got Christopher McDonald in there. Great character actor. You know, they 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 have a song about um, reproduction, like sex education. It's called Reproduction. Reproduction. It's really great. Okay. It's really, I'm, re- it's really great, great. I'm
1: going... People, All right. set him straight. They have some really good picks on here. They have some really good stuff We'll take a look. Here. So I'll give them some love. I'm have gonna fun. get drunk. You have fun.
0: You have fun. Call we'll we'll talk to you soon. I'll
1: you about this grease stuff.
0: <laughs> we'll talk to You soon. good night, okay? You have a wonderful night.
1: All right. But- good
0: night, Christopher. Good night. All right. Kick him out of here. Get him out of here. He's gone. All right. Now it's my show. It's my show. I'm kicking him out. Look, I'm Chris and Jeff now. See, I have Jeff from us and Christopher M. Jimenez. (laughs) I've taken over the airwaves. Um, So I'm going to stay on here for a little bit longer and then I got to go as well. But I just, you know, 113 is a little light. Um, Let's let's open it up. It's not just about horror anymore. Just great soundtracks in general. A great soundtrack will... Or a great song from a soundtrack, a great needle drop. I mean, look at look at Quentin Tarantino films. How? Yes. Ballad. I'm definitely going to check out um, Last Night in Soho. That's the new Edgar uh, Wright film. Love Edgar Wright. Big fan. Um, A needle drop, which is what you call it when you cue up a song, is going to make or break your film, you know, or a really good one could could make your film. You know, I mean, Quentin Tarantino is famous for just picking out these really great soundtracks. And he has the coffers to be able to do it. You know what I mean? So that kind of works. Um, what else can I say? Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I'm going to go back through these comments. Yeah, Dan brings up a good point. Day of the Dead soundtrack is awesome. Great soundtrack. We were talking more about band soundtracks with Jonathan Davis. Um, kicked ass on the Queen of the Dam soundtrack. I love Queen of the Dam, by the way. I don't I don't know. I, by the way, Grease is not a bad movie, but I just think Grease 2 is better. That's just me. That's just my own personal opinion. I'm allowed. I'm not going to yuck on your yums. You don't have to yuck on mine. Of course, Empire Records is not only a phenomenal 90s film but has a phenomenal soundtrack you know you have cameos from guar is in there uh another great teen movie for me is um can't hardly wait from the 90s as well that has a great soundtrack the out of time needle drop in once upon a time in hollywood where they show the 60s neon lights turning and kurt russell is narrating hmm You know, I've only seen it once in theaters. I really need to give it a good rewatch. I was waiting. I heard it was going to come back onto Netflix and was going to be expanded further. So I figured I'll just wait for that. Oh, my God. How could we forget the Wayne's World soundtracks? You know, it's kind of funny. Mike Myers is in the Bohemian Rhapsody film and he plays this record executive who's like, how can you have a seven minute single in? bohemian rhapsody everybody thought that he was crazy right and freaking like what's so funny is that back during wayne's world they got permission from queen to use bohemian rhapsody that's bohemian rhapsody's resurgence and popularity and queen's popularity really truly sort of you know, can be accredited to Wayne's World and Mike Myers. Kind of funny. Yes. Twist and Shout and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. One of the rare times that a Beatles song is featured. Uh, Amy, I'm not sure if Suicidal Tendencies was on the soundtrack of Empire Records. I think so. I have to look that up as well. Damn, Jody's going with all the all the kid movie soundtracks, man. Man, you guys are you guys are all about the soundtrack episode. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We had some good. We had some good views. We had some good. <clears throat> we had a, some good attendance tonight, which makes me happy. We had a great show last night. Oh, two good shows in a row. I love it when that happens. Say what you will about the film, but to me, it is a beautiful emotional tale. Celine Dion kicked ass in Titanic. My heart will go on. What do you want? I, I like. To, I don't have a problem with Titanic. You know, it's cool to not like Titanic. That's the thing. Yes, infectious grooves were in Encino Man. How about this? How about this? You had Tupac Shakur in the Dan Aykroyd directed film starring Chevy Chase. Nothing but trouble has Tupac Shakur and the dude from the Humpty Dance, you know, um, freaking. Uh Oh, Adams Family had MC Hammer doing the Adams Family theme. And it went like this. <Zieluet Assassins Epelessness> they do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. Live how they want to play how they want to play. the Adams Family. And they did a whole music video with the entire cast. Really great. Yes. Yes. Digital Underground. It was Digital Underground and Tupac Shakur in Nothing But Trouble. Yes the office space soundtrack literally every 90s rap song like damn feels gonna be a gangster yep yep great stuff i'm telling you the 90s were the best the best time for soundtracks the dumb and dumber soundtrack is really great yeah do the bart man or how about i didn't do it
1: do, 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 do,
0: do, do, do. i didn't do it um My God, you guys have come up with so many good ones tonight. Truly, truly, truly. I'm trying to think of some more. I don't think... (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. You had uh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. The only other thing that we love Vanilla Ice for. Um, Man. Oh, who's in The People Under the Stairs? Somebody. I... You know, Dan, I really agree with your sentiment here. Nothing But Trouble is a truly underrated film. Really, really like it. Yes. Oh, 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 ballad with the fucking ballad. Yes. The Life Aquatic soundtrack is phenomenal. A, you got Iggy and the Stooges Search and Destroy, but you also have the Brazilian dude doing Brazilian covers in Portuguese. Of um, David Bowie songs and they're friggin' beautiful, beautiful, right? It was called Ninja Rap, Ninja. Now I, you know, it, it, I, for for many years in the early in the early two thousands, I always thought that Wes Anderson films were just too pretentious and I couldn't get into them. And then I grew a little bit older and something changed inside of me and suddenly, I. Just I just it just clicked Wes, what Wes Anderson was doing just clicked with me and suddenly I just I've fallen in love with Wes Anderson films Moonrise Kingdom is a phenomenal film I love the what's the hotel one Um, Jesus what the hell is it called I just watched it on the airplane great films I mean Rushmore is a great film. Actually, my least favorite one is the Royal Ten and Bounds of all of his films. Uh, and the Darjeeling Limited, Unlimited. Fantastic Mr. Fox is great. Yes, some hair metal on West Craven shocker. Life Aquatic also features a beautiful Icelandic band called Sigur Rose. And I feel you Jeff Grandboot. Right, Grand Budapest Hotel. So so I think Wes, Wes Anderson's two strongest films in his whole repertoire Our uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and especially Moonrise Kingdom. Just phenomenal. I will go. That is a guy. I will go and I will see whatever he makes. I'm so excited for the French connection. Not the French, the French dispatch. I wasn't a big fan of Isle of Dogs. Didn't really do much for me. It was okay. Um,. I know that movie was kind of mired in controversy, but he's a he is a fan. You know, it's funny. There's a great video. If you if you're into Wes Anderson's aesthetic, there's an SNL sketch about if Wes Anderson directed a home invasion flick. It's really funny and really great. And then this other guy, he did X-Men if it was directed by Wes Anderson. And it's just brilliant. I forget the name of the YouTuber. I mean, truly like life goals. If you want to be a YouTuber, truly great stuff. Um, I think that's it, guys. I'm in the middle of watching Squid Game on Netflix right now, and I think I'm going to get to bed early because I was up super late last night, and I'm going to have to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, Megadeth covered No More Mr. Nice Guy. That's right. Oh, why isn't this letting me click? So I'm going to go finish that Squid Games, I think. I've heard. It's so far so good. Oh! Fuck yes! The Wild Wild West soundtrack, Men in Black soundtrack too. West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. You better know what noto. None of this from the start of this, color this Artemis from the top of this. It's the Wild Wild West. It's the Wild Wild West. It's the Wild Wild West. Great, great. (laughs) That's so great. And of course, you have here come the Men in Black. That's yeah. That's really really great. Um, yes, Midnight is on deck. I'm just catching up on series. I'm very fatigued from watching films, so I've just been watching series like non-stop. When Megadeth covered Anarchy in the UK, also because, <laughs> dude, I haven't thought about the Wild Wild West soundtrack in a long friggin' time, and I used to love that 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 Jim that. You know Will Smith right? West, Jim West, Desperada, a rough rider. You better know what not. It just you know, except I'm doing it like Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. West, oh Jim West, Desperada, a rough rider. You better know what not. Cause that's how we do it, Danny California. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so burnt out from watching horror. Oh, you watch two horror films a day? My God, so you did what I did last year? I did sixty two. 62 horror films this year this year i did i did 32 i did 32 it was light very light yes that's what that's on the thumbnail that's what we didn't even get to talk about the tales from the crypt demon knight soundtrack oh also the dickies do the theme for the killer clowns from outer space they do the killer clown song which is really great really really great actually um We should do like just a TV check in. You know, it's funny. I want to talk more about TV shows that I watch, but it's just, you know, I'm sort of like torn because I like sort of talking about like current event topics. Like, you know, I spoke about the Tiger King the other day, Um, but I also don't want to like chase that stuff. I just feel like I just want to talk about stuff that I feel passionate about talking about you know what it is i feel like i ask myself do you have something that you could say about this and if i don't then i don't do it but if i do have something to say then i do yes nightbreed rue rue chiming in with nightbreed has a wonderful score natural born killers great soundtrack yes oh you have caesarosa and heathers you know the opening to heathers caesarosa Whatever will be, what else? What else is there? Um, oh, I do not know Mick G was a producer. Um, trying to think, guys. I mean, you have the CBGB's soundtrack for the CBGB's movie. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so one of my all time favorite films of all time. This is going to surprise a lot of you, but this is, you know, straight up the truth. One of my favorite films and one of my favorite film soundtracks is Detroit motherfucking Rock City. Now, here's the thing. I am not a big Kiss fan. Like, I I, I appreciate Kiss. I do. I know some of their songs. And, you know, I had Jer- my buddy Jerome on the, the show the other day. And we were watching clips of 80s Kiss without the makeup on, just kicking ass. They really did. They kicked a lot of ass, like really, truly. And, you know, they did Detroit Rock City in 1998 or 1999. And that soundtrack is just loaded. You have Fox on the Run. You have Boys Are Back in Town. You got Iron Man by Black Sabbath. You have... um, uh surrender by cheap trick i mean it is loaded to the gills it's a great coming of age road movie even if it's about kiss and it just it hits it ticks all my buttons man i love it i love it love it love it so the detroit rock city soundtrack is great oh brother where out thou has a phenomenal soundtrack in the big rock candy mountain is a great song I didn't know. I didn't know that L7 was on Pet Cemetery 2. I mean, I'll tell you, man. Again, I, I, I really think, yeah, eight mile, sure. Um I I think ultimately, I feel like Bride of Chucky had a really good soundtrack as well. Um I think I think what the, the main takeaway here is that really from the late 80s all the way to the early 2000s was the time for the soundtrack. Yes, no, of course, Night of the Roxbury. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, my God. All right, Breakfast Club, for sure. Oh, I oh that's what you were referring to. Yeah, that that's right. There is Highway to Hell. I didn't know that was Marilyn Manson covering Highway to Hell. I thought that was Van Halen. I must be crazy. It must be, must be crazy. Wow, Amy really knows her shit, man fuck well versed um ghost world sure what's up oh poor chris chris you are getting here far too late buddy i'm like i'm two seconds i'm three minutes away from bouncing out of here man i i literally we we stopped we we stopped we're stopping early it's eleven fifty three, guys i'm gonna go i'm gonna go this was fun thank you all for joining me <clears throat> for joining us. Chris is in LA for a while, <clears throat> so he's not in his home base and, you know, out and about, so he's having a good time. I'm about to text him and I'm going to let him know that he owes me five bucks because he lost the crow bet. And, yeah, that's what counts. Uh, I'll be, I'll probably be on here tomorrow. We've got a couple of topics. I think we're going to do I think we're going to be talking about Batman movies tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. Um, And here's the thing that you need to know more than anything. I have a big show uh, next Wednesday. Guys, big show next Wednesday, streaming Evil Live. It's a surprise. It's a big show. Um, That's all I'm going to say. So make sure to check that out. Big show. Going to be good. Going to be good peace and hair grease everyone we'll see you next time stay funky fresh because it's the wild wild west it's the wild wild west west jim west